मतलब मस्त दीपा वो कहाँ पर हम गोइंग ऑन इंस्टाग्राम स्ट्रोलिंग एंड दैट्स कैट चेकिंग योर लाइक्स चेकिंग योर इनबॉक्स एंड आल्सो इन अ सैड वे व्हिच इज अ सैड बिटर ट्रूथ दैट आई वाज सीइंग हाउ अदर पीपल आर फेयरिंग पोस्ट लाइक इंस्टाग्राम वाज नेवर स्टार्टेड फॉर समथिंग लाइक दिस इट वाज सपोज्ड टू बी फॉर फोटोग्राफी इट वाज सपोज्ड टू बी फॉर फोटोग्राफी एंड the idea that's what's called insta so it was like just down here for both of us and then when i realized when i by the time i reached 20 i was um, anorexic and she said if you want to go on birth controls but you may have cancer i remember this girl coming up and asking zoya she said how did you lose weight so zoya said i'm i'm unwell mm, mm. and uh, she said oh how did you fall ill please tell me so i can fall ill and lose yeah, weight yeah i can never forget oh. that uh i became worse when i came to india In India, I had a very hard time with the doctors explaining them. They didn't understand uh, what eating disorders are in India. Hi, you're listening to Voices in My Head with me, Yamir Adhar. and today i have for you not one but two very special guests in fact they're so special and the things they do are so meaningful and interesting that i had to prepare this long list of uh, <laughs> notes to introduce them properly to you so be it teaching monks at a buddhist ashram or creating workshops to help people with addictive personalities to helping children with different learning abilities to those troubled with body image disorders and eating disorders and using things like art therapy which i had never heard of till i met them a couple of weeks ago to founding a leading fashion and lifestyle portal called touch and be these twin sisters have had quite a journey and i promise that there is so much to learn from them zina and zoya welcome and thank you so much for taking out the time to talk to me today hi amir thank you hi, for having us <clears throat> thank you for having us it's a pleasure to be here and share our life and experiences with you and through you So uh Zina I just want to quickly mention so that everybody's aware you're an entrepreneur you're a writer you're a fashionista and you're a mental health advocate yeah and Zoya also is a mental health advocate she's an artist she's a art therapist she's a fashion curator she's a stylist and a health enthusiast oof that's a <laughs> that's a big list which is why i said that we needed <coughs> well i needed this big uh, you know introduction for you which i know is not enough So I want to start by just you know discussing with you. You guys used to be known as uh, Terrible Twos, oh <laughs> and, and, and I think that will be evident soon why. But from Terrible Twos to now, um, this portal called Touch and Be. Can you just share with me a little bit about you know your journey and 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 how does Terrible Twos turn into Touch and Be? Oh, it's been a journey. It's been a long journey because yeah. I think when we started uh, Terrible Twos, it was essentially a fashion blog. and we were really young and <clears throat> we had too many things that we wanted to do like you're when you're young you're passionate you want to cover you want to conquer the world you want to do everything have un- everything under your belt and that's what terrible twos was we did not have any direction we just wanted to express ourselves through our love for fashion and uh, during uh, when we were building terrible twos and doing shoots for all the luxury brands in india we kind of realized there's more to what we want to experiment to in life we liked our direction we liked styling we liked um, fashion as a whole for sure but there were other things 
that were not fully satiating us. Mm -hmm. Talking about health, health has been a big kind of element in our life. And I'm also talking about mental health here, mm -hmm. mental and physical health. Um, we both uh, dealt with chronic issues over the years. And I thought I wasn't doing myself justice with terrible <coughs> tools and only just fashion. So health is something that we wanted to also talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, having uh, people following us was the right way to influence them in the right way. Then um, lifestyle, interviewing people, interviewing people from across the world, um, artists, uh, a writer, anybody who caught our eye, who doesn't have a very strong uh, following, is not so popular in India or mm -hmm. across the continent. We wanted to kind of uh, give them light, shed light on them. So Touch and Be is kind of like, um, I won't call it the mature version, but it's also like the experienced version of Terrible Tools, where it's not just about how terrible we are. Right. But <laughs> I think uh, going back to your question, when we started, it was a lot about fun. We were experimenting. We had no agenda. We, we didn't know where we were heading. Mm -hmm. It was like um, just trial and error led us to Terrible Tools. And as we were growing older, you know, coming to age, Touch and Be came, came into play. That's how we... And, and the name Touch and Be, I mean... Okay, that's it, another story. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't uh, get my head around it. Because being twins, it took us half a day but to, to come on that name. But <laughs> being twins, you know, you always want your upper hand. No, no, my idea is better than yours. I'm like, no, no, I like touch. Something has to be touched. For me, touch is so important. It could be like emotionally, physically, mentally, or... And for her, it was like be. It's all about being, be, being, being in, the, in present. the present, or being, or let me be, or let them be. Yeah. I was always a, that's a part of my personality. Being a certain way. Being yeah. a certain way. And or then just we to just be. Like, why don't we put it together, mash it up, like how we both are. And then touch we had like four be. segments at which we have in on touch and be, which is touch and be health, touch right. and be life, touch and be people, mm -hmm. and touch and be fashion, which are things we really care and curate. And social media was a, a big uh, kind of player in making uh, First Terrible 2's popular. Yeah. And now it's also, you guys are quite relevant on social media as Touch and Be yeah. and as yourselves, as your own personalities, as Zina <laughs> and Zoya. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys, how did this social media change in the sense you lost a lot because you switched your social media followers yeah. or you, you yeah. close your account, you tried to change it, it didn't work? Um, I think it all started when we both realized that how much of time we're spending on social media. Yeah. It started affecting the two of us. We both are highly sensitive people. We wanted to create mindful content. Mm -hmm. People confuse us for bloggers uh, and we just were not creating the right content for them. Okay. And we didn't want to just create mindless content to create uh, attract followers, I guess. But it, blogging is, how is blogging different from, I guess you're now running a lifestyle magazine. Yeah, it's a publication, it's an publication. online publication where we, like I said, it's not just about us, we're interviewing people, we're publishing their work, we're creating stuff, uh, content from scratch, we are directing our own shoots, we're styling our own shoots, we're working with brands who we really want to work with as opposed to doing 30 projects in a month. Right. I wanted to look at doing one or two in two months. But was it difficult because you had, you know, achieved so much on social media, which people die to. Everybody wants to become an influencer. Very these difficult. Days. Yeah. And it was a difficult point. I, I never thought that it would be, uh, it would affect me so badly. It did to an extent, but I was happy on the contrary that I know 
in my heart what I really want yeah. from it. We lost a lot of followers. Um, I actually personally sent out an email to all the magazines that I've worked with and PR companies that please do not send me those gift hampers. I will not be posting them because right. I'm not an influencer anymore. Mm -hmm. so if you want to work with me, with no offense to bloggers, I, yeah. I really appreciate their I work. Think it's a lot and, of work. Um, like I really appreciate what they do. Yeah, but it's something mm -hmm. we were not aiming at yeah. to going to uh, events or uh, attending uh, these magazine openings. We were just. I thought that for me to create even one picture is creating art. Mm -hmm. That going goes into creating one picture, one shot yeah. to get it right was so much effort. Sometimes it was like 10 hours of shooting yeah. where you are responsible for your shoot because you're directing it. You've not right. hired anybody else to do it. You're styling it. You're also going to be in it. So it was about 10 to 12 hours of shooting on a weekly basis and it's and you don't know what, you, what you're going to expect out of it because brands have so much expectations out of you mm -hmm. and if you don't deliver that, you're, you've, you've got a name to keep out to. So it's kind of Also, I felt that... Uh, that if you are have a social media platform, you have a social responsibility towards your followers yeah. and your people. Right. That people usually tend to forget. And, you know, they were like, oh, you're not posting stories, you're not posting anymore. Mm. I was like, yes, because we choose not to. Mm. I don't want to post something that does not define us. But this awareness about social media, you know, it's become such a large problem. Yes. You guys somehow became self-aware that, you know, this is a problem. You're waking up in the middle of the night. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, mentioned yeah, this yeah, in our yeah. discussion last week. In the middle of my sleep, I woke up and I'm going on Instagram strolling. Checking your likes. And that's scary. Checking your likes, checking your inbox. And also, in a sad way, which is a sad, bitter truth that I was seeing how other people are faring. Yeah. Comparing yourself. Comparing yourself. Yeah, but that's, that's the biggest sad. problem is comparison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I realized when I started doing that, you know, that's why I realized... Twins is not fair or equal. <clears throat> so in any In any kind of field or form, it, it, it just, I think, makes you uh, negative. And it's not like I wasn't happy for them, but it was like more than to do with me, that I'm not doing good you enough. You feel like a failure at some point? That and that's when I decided yeah. I need to kind of pull those reins and... Take a break. Pause. And you both felt this, uh, yeah. you know, individually that this social media thing is getting too we much. We're, we're think, obsessing over it. Yeah. Was there Being an element twins, of obsession we've always, over Yeah, there was an, a yeah. complete element of obsession. Because that's what I find with social media. Yeah. And that's why 100%. I gave it it's up. It's any addiction, right? Yes. So yes. I gave it up about a year and a half ago because yeah. I just felt that I am wasting so much time yeah. and everyone's life is perfect on social yeah. media which is exactly. we all know it's nobody's not nobody's going to put the bad stuff all the people who are on social media I hear them say that oh nobody's life is perfect and social media is bad but get they I see this obsessive culture surrounding social media yeah. and younger and younger kids are getting on to Instagram and getting insecure and I think a lot of the problems creating more anxiety absolutely and you yeah. Instagram a portal like Instagram was never started for something like this mm -hmm. it was supposed it was, to be for photography it was right? supposed yes. to be for photography not and instant photography mm -hmm. not your uh, photo shoots being promoted on mm -hmm. it the idea that's why it's called Insta right, right. and yes. yeah I think with the, the concept was lost and and the fact that people started promoting their brands on mm -hmm. it selling through it it's a marketplace, a digital marketplace, I would call it. Trading place. And selling themselves the most, actually. Yes, and it beauty. is. Beauty. Women. I mean, it's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of like a high as well. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. We have uh, people recognizing us in different countries also. Sure. So it's flattering. We had digital illustrators who draw us from different parts of the country. Uh, we shot with Harper's Bazaar yes. Arabia. Mm -hmm. So it, it was a high. It, it got it was, us to places, but in the end, we decided... 
yes, we, we were still creating content right now also, but we mm. want to just create something that will suit us and our followers. Mm. As Like I said, as, it's our social responsibility to create something mindfully. I think that word is so underrated, mindfulness, you know? So you're still on it, but I feel you are handling it very responsibly now. You take it with, uh, you know, a great amount of seriousness, what you do on yeah. social media and who you choose, what you choose to put out there. Yes. For sure. And it's, who you choose to associate Like, I don't with. even remember the last time I went on my Touching Me page. It could be two, three days, you know. It's not like right. a work job for me yeah, right which now. Which is rare because anyone running a brand, especially like an online uh, yeah. portal like you yeah. guys, I would, I, I, you know, you dedicate X amount of hours every day to that. No, just times, manage your social media. Yeah. The time you questioned us, it's like, you know, we reach so far and then we just drop it. Mm. It's such yeah, a lot it of people gave us grief for like, what, what's wrong with you we guys? We asked us, did question it Why too. are you doing something like this? You guys were so good. It was You were at your pinnacle and you suddenly dropped. But you're still good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to be great. a little modest here. <laughs> no, you're still great because you've, you're, you're doing what you love. You're doing yeah. it the way you want to do. Yes. Yes. You are your own bosses. Exactly. Uh, and you don't owe that explanation to anyone but yourself. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely... Because I think it are. comes from a place that you are uh, like, us, at least I can just say for us that we're in touch with ourselves, our emotions. Yeah. It, it really, uh, I think that is something very important. Uh, it was a big important decision when we took that. We were in touch with how we were feeling. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know how they're feeling. And they're not in touch with their emotions. And it was not something that we decided overnight. It's not an impulsive decision that no. I'm going to do this today. Right. Because I'm feeling like this. It's, a, it's, it's not a momentary feeling. Mm. It's not a temporary thing. It was something that I was feeling over months and I decided, listen, it's it's a persistent feeling and I have to act on it. If I don't respond to how my body feels or how my mind feels, why am I even existing? You react wow. to things in a bad way also. Wow, and, I, I, that <laughs> looks like, I mean, obviously this took a lot of courage to do and change this entire mode that you guys were operating on. Yeah, it did. Yes. And... But does this happen a lot? And I, I mean, I read about this. I don't know too many twins. And now I know, yeah. uh, you know, my favorite twins are sitting <laughs> right here. You're so sweet. Um, but it, does this, I've read about this, heard about this, seen it in movies. And, you know, you know, this connection between twins. And she thinks what you're thinking. You think what she's thinking. And one is, you know, in a good mood. And so is the other. Or, you know, you, you hear about babies. One yeah. guy cries, yeah. the other one. So we have does this happen a lot? Yeah, we have and, to intuition. And you got this kind of... You know, feeling that I need, we need to something, we need yeah. to make a change yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. We I felt it. We since... hadn't even discussed it with each other, hmm. and we both were feeling it individually. It was more like who's gonna say it first. It was like the elephant yeah. in the room. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 for a long time, because I was feeling it really strongly. Um, and so was I. But you know, you don't want to hurt the person. Yeah, you, you have those thoughts in your head, and you think maybe you're working together. At times. But then when it became persistent, like she said, then I was like, okay, now I really need to, because that's how we both are. Uh, when we feel something strongly, yeah. we, we can't help but voice it for both of us, not just me. But if I have a thought in my mind, I have to share it with her. She's not just my sister, she's my twin. Right. And and uh, it's not I need a reaction out of her per se, but sharing something. It could be one of the worst things I did in my life. Right. Right. I just have to blurt it out to her. <laughs> yeah. And that gives me, it just makes me feel lighter. Sharing is so big. I think sharing just makes you feel a lot more better For and sure. lighter. And yeah. I'm sure it was not, I'm not sure how supportive the family was that you guys are doing so well and suddenly you're, you know, was My there. mom did understand it a little bit. 
I mean, she's always been really supportive of everything. Even when we started Terrible Tours as a blog, she didn't know what a blog was, but she was yeah. fully supportive. She's like, do what you guys want to do. I have full faith in you. But yeah, she was kind of uh, perplexed when we said, we're not doing this anymore as much. So I had to sit her down and speak to her. And she's like, it's your life. Do what you want. Our family's been very supportive that way. They, yeah. they just have never pressurized to work or not to work. It's it's uh, uh, like it's up to us, whatever yeah. you want. So it's, it's, it's been easy yeah. with family, but a little difficult with our followers and people who question, our, like people who I meet socially and they're like, what's wrong with you? Oh, who cares about people you meet socially? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't care. You have to choose them or yourself. Yeah, of course. And yes, it's of not, course. I, I don't care at all, but you know, like, I don't want to explain myself over and you over again. You don't need to, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think eventually, I don't think people will understand. So I refuse not to share it with everyone. Right. But because of how we think and how we connect with you, you yeah. understand what a person is going through in their daily life, how your mind functions. It's yeah, easy to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We are, we've known each other socially for yeah. years, but we just we never, never got, got down yeah. to thinking that actually we're triplets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In an odd way because we all... Yeah. Zizo, yeah. Yeah, Zizo, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, uh, so yeah, that's, that's because the thing. Because we, we, we think... Uh, yeah. we think on the same wavelength. Yeah, for sure. And uh, is that so? So I'm just, I'm coming back to uh, when you guys felt that this change needs to be made. Is that when you got interested in mental health and health overall, or no? no? I, I've been interested. I've been working in mental health for some time. I was. I think I started at the age of twenty twenty one. Wow. I started getting interested in it. I suffered through anxiety, and I mean pretty much all my life, and uh, chronic anxiety. And when when I hit uh, puberty at like 13 or something, my hormones drove me nuts and I started getting low. Uh, we were put on hormonal pills, both of us, and we oh started my. getting depressed. So it was like um, uh, downhill for me from then and I started gaining weight. It was just like we got PCOD. So it was like just downhill for both of us. And that's when I realized when I, by the time I reached 20, I was um, anorexic. And, by uh, the time you were 20? Yeah. And that was, so So this started, this all started with being anxious? I think uh, being anxious, uh, we both are athletic. I was a football captain and we played tennis at home. So it was just like, uh, I think a bunch of things that added, of course, my hormonal condition, PCOD, added to that, creating anxiety in me. And... Um, all the doctors would just say to us, you need to get healthy, you need to get healthy. <clears throat> so that kind no, of like... need to eat. Yeah, we need you to... need to eat. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. First, I'm talking about uh, when we were 14. 15. Yeah. So that's the time they're like, you need to get healthier, you need to lose weight. So I think kind of started on then when, when you were like kind of brainwashed into... You started associating weight loss with health for some yeah. odd reason, yeah, which exactly. is not at all. It's exactly. not linked at all. They don't look into the mental aspect of your well-being at all. When they say, you know, when, when you're 14 and 15, those words can change your life. Yes. Including your parents, what they say, it including like teachers. It feels like the end of the world. Yeah. yeah at that course. age, you feel you take everything so seriously. I mean, in a weird way, I felt like I, I felt like, like I felt grateful that at least I have her with me in this. Sure. Uh, but I just it was kind of an awkward stage, and um, and which is a lot of people suffer through. One in every four girl has, or, or one in every three girl has PCOD in today's world. Which yes. means yes. you're pre-diabetic. Yes, Naturally. and it's also lifestyle lifestyle disorder. 
So I don't think. Uh, Absolutely, it's it's a lifestyle thing. I mean, every other girl I know yeah. has is not. It's probably it's not autoimmune. I don't know. It's 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 not a big deal anymore. But, but people are not dealing with it, and it can have a lot of side effects for people. Sure. And it has like various symptoms. Zoya. Various symptoms. It creates anxiety in me for sure. And I know a little bit about this because you know my wife has the same yeah. thing. Shanamli, you know, has the same thing. Yeah. And uh, the so-called uh, allopathic treatment or the traditional medicine treatment is 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 uh, is uh, going on birth control. Yeah. yeah. And Which I have recently educated yeah myself about the dangers of going on birth control for a woman. Uh, oh my God, your your risk it, of cancer goes up hundreds exactly. of times. Exactly. Heart attacks. Yeah. Heart attacks. No, so uh, guy, the gynecologist I uh, kind do. of uh, conferred with. And she said, if you want to go on birth controls, but you may have cancer. And I was just like, are you really asking me to go on them, knowing that I may have cancer in the future? You've got a very good gynecologist because I, most of them will not even tell you the risk associated with but, you know, going but, on. But then uh, I was also inversely but, affected know, was, by it because uh, I was like, why are you suggesting something like that for me? Yeah. You know? Because there is no other there is cure. No other. There's there's no other cure. See, there is no cure for PRPCOD. I would 100% agree that. But there are... You can. Uh, I'm saying there is no cure. Sorry to yeah. interrupt you, but I'm saying there's no cure in the you know the way people speak. Like there's yes. no yeah, cure, yeah, yeah, sorry, but okay, we yeah. know that we can cure. The, there's everything. alternative medicine. Absolutely. There's changing your lifestyle habits. Yep. Habits make us and they define us. Absolutely. Also keeping your stress levels down. Yeah. Meditation. For sure. There's so many it's, ways. It's all about the yeah, lifestyle. It's all about it's all your lifestyle. Yes. So coming back to what you said, it's I think it's even to say something is so difficult, and you've been you've you've got a lot of courage to be able to say that at 20 I was anorexic. Um, you know, Gimir, uh, I've been through so much in uh, mentally, emotionally, physically. And when I was suffering, my biggest thing was, why don't people talk about it? Why is it such a big deal? Why is it taboo? Yeah. I remember when I started losing weight crazily in college, while studying in Regents College London, girls would ask me, they would really like, you know, commend me for losing weight. And I would feel so sick inside. I'm like, why are you promoting this behavior or this Size, this is not me. I remember this girl coming up and asking Zoya, which is like such a distinct memory. It's almost 10 years ago now. Yeah. She was like, how did you lose weight? So Zoya said, I'm, I'm unwell. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, oh, how did you fall ill? Please tell me so I can fall ill and lose yeah, weight. Yeah, I can never forget oh that. Oh my God, and that is I was, so disturbing. Can you yeah, remember? Can it was you, disturbing. I felt really bad for her. Just see the desperation for her to lose I felt weight. really bad for her yeah. personally because I was like, you don't know what you're saying. You're in such a, you have this illusion in front of you, the way that, that is your image. You're projecting how you want to look, how you want to be perceived. That there's, that you're harming yourself even just by saying something like that. And the media has created this yes. image, right? Because of a woman to be. size zero yeah. models yeah. and superstars didn't even exist. Now, till, you know, even now, I think everything that they say plus size, mm. now which every fashion brand is promoting plus size fashion, is a marketing gimmick. Absolutely. Why don't it's you talk about man being expect. a plus size or a man being a size zero? I don't understand that. Yeah, it's I'm not a, a feminist here, I just want to clear that up. I just feel that, why is woman always seen as this um model for all these things. It's and, been decades, and centuries. disorders are naturally yeah. associated yeah. with being, oh, must be a girl. Yeah, right? it's exactly. a girl I know so many men, but they would never come out. But, but with the men, with men, eating disorders is kind of a, t- more of a taboo. Yeah. Right. Shame attached to it. You mean it's it. like there's a greater shame in being a male yes, anorexic? Yes. Than exactly. Being, yes. For sure. And that is so no, sad. it's considered a woman's disease. Yeah. There's no humanity there. And so how did, so did somebody diagnosed did you get help for it did you go to a counselor uh, when, okay, when so they said okay uh, you know Zoya I'm sorry the diagnosis is that you are anorexic yeah. or is it just something that you figure out and how did how did it uh, so, you know, get diagnosed um, 
I kind of knew that already. I studied psychology in school, so I kind of had a feeling all my answers that I've got, I've got it intuitively. Right. Thanks to universe or whatever I may call it. But mm -hmm. I always got my answers from within. Right. And I remember when I was really sick and um, I had to drop out of college because I was actually really sick. And I was hospitalized in London. Oh, boy. And my mother came to take me back. And I actually just said, yeah, I just want to get better now. I never denied it. I never fought it. I knew that I that this was something I need to focus on right now, which is my me, my health, my emotions. But I think uh, I became worse when I came to India, because the doctors you became would, worse when yes, you came to India. Okay. Yeah, people would think the country that I've come back home, I would get better. I would start eating. A lot of people confuse uh, anorexia nervosa, nervosa as um, that we want to starve ourselves, but no, it's a lot to do with the emotional state yes it has nothing to do with not eating food it's, food is a very minor aspect of it food is something that uh, you can control that's it it has nothing to do with eating much or less that becomes a very later aspect but um in india i had a very hard time with the doctors explaining them they didn't understand uh what eating disorders are in india wow yeah so the the psychologist the therapist i had to explain them to them and, and then i would reach a point that i would didn't want to see them at all they would just give you medication an antidepressant or anti-anxiety to numb your emotions and then go home that's it have a lifestyle they would give you uh, i can't name the doctors of i would course, love to yeah. and uh, i actually screamed and fired one of them for creating this um Pause over in hospitals that yeah you're looking after patients but you're actually not you're just medicating the hell out yeah. of them and this yeah. is I was having a similar chat with one of our other guests on the show in which I I, I said this that isn't this a problem in India that for everything from a flu to a severe yeah. mental disorder just, have a just, have this. just pump them with medication yeah. or yeah. if it's uh, you know mood enhancers antidepressants and and they have and a they whole really host of side you. effects they well. numb your feelings and emotions That's I was what supposed they do. to feel my emotion but they were numbing me so for one and a half two years that went on and I was not feeling like me I felt like a zombie at times I was yeah. sleeping I I just wasn't me yes I recovered physically uh, I gained weight I went to the gym I did weight training I did all those things on my own because I wanted to get better, I was never, I, did, I, I wanted to fight back. And it was really hard to come back to India, to be around people. They commented me on me all the time. They called me names. So that was something um, really gave me the courage to fight back and to make even voice myself even more. Because I know people who suffer silently. I know women who really suffer silently. They approach me all the time. And they're just living in this illusion of that they are something in Delhi. Yeah, I was just going to come and you came back to, well, no offense, but one of the worst places for perhaps yeah. a mental disorder, which is Delhi, even though we are all suffering from mental disorders here, yeah, of true. various kinds. Yes. Uh, one of the most judgmental places one can live. Yeah. It was harsh. Uh, being a girl, being, uh, you know, someone with mental issues and having something like anorexia. So I'm sure the the rumor mills had a field day and, and you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. yeah all the time. They had a ball. I had people coming up to me and asking, is your sister going to live? When is she going to die? She looks like she's dead already. How can so people even talk was, like this? Is I, was, I, I was fuming and I was a person who never was a very confrontational. This city bring out that worst, worst side of me. You can mm -hmm. say that. Um, I would say the opposite actually. I think it also gave me the courage to fight back. 
for people yeah. who don't people who don't voice their feelings their emotions or talk about mental health i felt maybe i can so that's when i wrote an article for huffington post on where i asked you wrote an article for the huffington post yes when was this i think it was 2014 so was that about mental health or what was yeah, it yeah i wrote my story slightly like no no not in an exaggerated way but um a brief story about anorexia and you publish it under your own name and you all yeah my name and i was the first time she kind of came out publicly and told everyone this is what i have and i've been dealing with and that must have been difficult Mm, it wasn't actually at that time I was I think more courageous and I had oh, that you were just fighting being rebellious fire. and wanting No, to I was not rebellious. I've been rebellious all my life about many things, but this I was not rebellious about. I wanted to make a change. You want to share your story. It was yeah. a big deal though. I'll be honest. Of course, I'm I'm sure it, it was. It was because uh, people uh, who kind of suddenly we had so many we had an influx of messages and emails from people family friends relatives social people everyone saying oh i'm so sorry you're so brave uh, we didn't know we did not know this and that and um a lot of people approached my parents my my mom my parents were not very happy about this earlier they were not mm-hmm. they, they were they, not they were they were worried about her future that what will people they will term her as a girl who's anorexic mm-hmm. and they will never look at her normally like i guess a lot of parents would worry about their of spring like that course, yeah. which is i don't know yeah i think i understand that now much better because we live in a society and and it did not it did happen people were like oh she she was anorexic you know yeah so there's no difference so they started observing the way she eats you were anorexic i was asthmatic what's the difference yeah, i don't understand there has yeah. no difference thank you that's Amir. the problem a physical and yeah. a mental condition has no difference but we know we know that we know that but you know there were many things that cre- uh, that contributed to my anorexia it was like my intol- food intolerances it was my anxiety it was my hormonal condition it was my childhood it was many factors that contributed and uh, when i posted that i got a lot of calls after that uh when people shared their own stories but they yeah. always told me in the end please do not take my name and mm. i would tell them that's your problem you know do you're living under this false belief of being so being discovered you're not even deny- allowing yourself that love or the freedom your freedom is in your hands i chose that for me i chose i chose to be free of judgments of thoughts of other people i chose me even in that state i was i had actually had re- i had a relapse uh, after 2 years of recovering mm-hmm. first 2 years in 2014 i had relapsed very badly okay because the medications were not working on me and i realized mm-hmm. that they were medicating me on a higher dosage and i didn't need that I had a big fight in the hospital with the doctor and I confronted him and that's the time I went into therapy properly and right. I um started feeling better I you got, went off the meds then yeah I did you did go yeah, off I, the meds I I chose I chose to get off the meds so I wanted to ask you how does one as a young person start identifying that you know I'm anxious so I have some sort of a you know eating disorder just to learn from your experience and I hope someone can you know hear what we're saying and and be able to identify it even if their parents can't their peers can't their yeah. friends can't and have that kind of level of self awareness that both of you have so any kind of advice on that for young people in particular think of when you realize it being mindful is a very big key in all of these aspects that how if you being obsessive about a particular thing uh whether it was my eating disordered eating it started with eating healthy and then it became right, to right. anorexia and and when i'm i'm an athlete so a lot of those things um being there's a line that you draw that you know that you when you cross that you have to be aware of 
but it comes to being in touch with your emotions. We are uh, we're not even in touch with our emotions at a young age. We don't talk about our feelings or express how we uh, uh, any emotions. We've seen sadness or anger as a bad thing, but those things are very important to release. So we think keep things bottled up. Eventually, they're gonna blow up one day. And um, I think uh, for me, when I realized that uh, if I'm having an obsessive thought, mm-hmm. whether it's about eating or somebody has a, about an alcoholic, you know, or any drugs, or if you're getting anxious about many, many thoughts come into your head, that's anxiety. Right. To just pause. I think it's very important to just breathe and pause. I think it's very important. Another aspect is how we talk to ourselves. Yeah. Because everybody talks to themselves, like the voices in right. my head. That's exactly yeah, we all have voices in yes. my head, uh, in our heads, and yeah. it's how we perceive ourselves. And what we, when we look in the mirror, or forget having a mirror in front of you, how do you look at yourself when you have a mental image of you? Is that a confident person? Uh, is that a self-loving person? Or is, is that a person always competing and comparing with another person, saying, "I'm not good enough." Right. I am. I. I have this. I. I want to be thinner, or I want to be this. I want to be that. We that always is, comparing. Is, you know. That is a part yeah. of your anxiety, actually. Uh, the way we look at ourselves. So this was so. I, I mean, I didn't have an eating disorder, but I definitely had. My wife still believes I have a body image disorder because yeah. if I'm staring my, at myself in the mirror, and that's because I went through school as a pretty fat kid. Yeah, I was you close said to that. So that's kilos. very. So, it was normal for me to obsess about my weight then and it's yes. normal for me to obsess about my weight now. So that's because, yeah. what it is more fear. Yes, yes. yes. So, so I, when I look in the mirror, I don't see uh, a fat person. Of course, I see, you know, I used to be so fat and now I'm, in fact, I'm looking too thin on camera. <laughs> uh, the, the, the time we were testing some footage out uh, yeah. a couple of days ago. Uh, and that was my problem. I said, and, and a thought came to my mind, you know, people are going to look at this. Yeah. Those watching us on, let's say, YouTube versus hearing us on a, on a iTunes or a yeah. Spotify are going to say, man, this guy looks anorexic. Yeah. And that's not true. I'm not anorexic. I'm the fittest that I've ever been. But, but yes. we, we See, start judging again, people. It's but so there are stereotypes. I think Absolutely, that's a, another yeah. We label too much. We're labeling all the yeah. time. Everything, even uh, when, uh, I think when you're holding on to too much inside, Mm. That's when even body dysmorphia comes on into play. Right. Yeah. Because you're not expressing enough. You're evaluating everything. Mm. That's anxiety coming into play. Actually. But coming back to that point, that people actually use these words very callously. Yes. They don't know what they mean. They don't know what they mean. Uh, uh, when you're calling a skinny person, some people are naturally born skinny. Yes. yes it's right. not their fault. Yeah. And we should not shame them. Uh, on the contrary, people look at them like that girl must be anorexic. Mm. Yeah. And I want to shake up such people and tell them, why are you talking about, what, do you even know the meaning of what an anorexic person goes through? Or for that ma- ma- matter, when people use words, even by bipolarity so casually. Right, right. Are you bipolar? Mm. Five minutes ago, you were so happy and now you're feeling... Or really are you depressed? Right. You know, yeah. it's all these terms are not very um, mindlessly used. But you know, when we, we also casually say, he's mad, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But even that now, I mean, depends on how seriously you want to take it. If you're close to your friend, hmm. you're saying it casually. Even that should not be taken, it should be taken seriously. I think then that there's a problem with all of us as you're well. You're talking about how people are judging others by yes. saying, using these words like yeah. they're depressed or he's... Yeah. Um, and, and I think one of the biggest problems is lack of education on the subject. So yes. Uh, you know, you you mentioned voices yeah. in my head. So the the in, the intro of the the yes. series is you know something I st- I still have to do, but I wrote it down, and is uh, and this is a little different from the aspect that you know voices in my head 
was is a, is a book that I'm I'm working on, which is you know going to be coming yeah. out hopefully sooner than later. But what I realized is that why I chose voices in my head because voices in our heads are thoughts. Yes, they and, are. And and these these it's good thoughts and bad thoughts, and it's that yeah. constant you know war between yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's the bad thoughts or the bad voices that win, and that's what creates this anxiety and depression and, At times, and, yes. and all the other issues. Yeah. And when I was telling a uh, a friend from Delhi, and I'm, I'm highlighting <laughs> Delhi here. Uh, that you know, I'm I'm writing this book, and and he said, "What do you mean you were you were depressed? You just need to get laid, man." Uh, wow, wow. So so this because you're a boy, right? No, they showed the lack. I said, you know, okay, I'm I said I'm, I'm sorry, but this guy's lack I, IQ is so low, or empathy, and there's no empathy, there's yes. no connect. I said, I'm telling you this because I thought you're a friend of mine. Yeah. And it, of course, we were talking in a social setting, and we had a couple of drinks. But it was not one of those thousand uh, people Delhi parties. It was a dinner where yeah. five, seven of us had gathered. And you're connecting with people. And and you, I, I believed I was connecting with someone. I was sharing my life. You did. And he you said, did your part. <laughs> no. And he said, "Oh, you, what do you mean you're depressed? You just need to get laid." Uh, so it's, it's like so sad. It's actually. like telling me, "Oh, you just have to eat." You just have to eat. The doctors were telling you, you know, just have to eat, and I was like, "You know what? Do you even know what you're talking?" They, they, it's they just mind have come to the conclusion that people. Talking about mental disorders in our city and in our country makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Imagine I am at a party or somewhere and I just go up to somebody who's not so close to me and mm. I say, I'm not feeling well. I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. yeah. Can you just th- stay with me five minutes? I don't know how many of them are actually going to stay there and make me calm. Because, the because they, they know ex- what a panic attack is. is they don't know. I, d- yeah. I had one recently to shoot. And, you know, I was shooting after a long time right, and I was right. not excited about it. And when I reached the room, the room was very crowded. It was uh, dark. The air conditioner was wo- not working and I'm claustrophobic. Right. I reached there and it's a perfect setting for me to have an attack. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. like calling me in. And I'm like fighting my thought, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. But no, it comes in. It, it, and you don't, you can't help it. When it comes, it comes for you like a, it. yeah, it's like a cyclone coming at you. Yeah. And then you're in it and you're just like lost. Nothing matters. No place matters. And you're gone. For five minutes, you're blown. And then I try to tell somebody I need to leave because there's no air conditioner. It's too tight for me. They're not understanding me, but the voices in my head are telling me to leave. So I just tell them, excuse me, I'm really sorry. Give me 20 minutes. I want to walk out. I need some air. And then did my breathing techniques, my yep. uh, grounding yep. techniques. Grounding is uh, hearing, uh, seeing, feeling, feeling touching. and yeah, touching two, two to three things that are in my environment to get a sense of where I am, which I do. Pretty much every day, anxiety or no anxiety, to just be um, present in the moment and to release any tension. So like I could be doing I, this. People yeah. find me fidgety at times, but I do that just to ground myself. So you and mean just like kind of feel your yeah, one, from one hand this, or pat yourself on the back? But really, but really any feeling object, it to anything. Any object. It can be anything. But really feeling it. You yeah. can't just be doing it like that. Mind is well. It has I understand. To be done yes. Very mindfully and. Um, yeah, and then I went back and I shot two hours. I was good, but I just realized that at that moment nobody understood me. Of course not. And as as Ina saying, yeah. in, a, in a party, if you yeah. go to someone and say, you know, I'm having a panic attack, and the majority of the people unfortunately will not know. They'll definitely not know what to do and how to help you, but they won't know what that is. They'll they think, think you're crazy. You know, I I was just thinking Honestly. the chances are so high of them thinking, oh, you know, she's having a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Because yeah, a lot of the symptoms, and and it's and I know because I've had uh, panic attacks too, and I very rarely get them now. But yes, it's possible. Yeah. And similar triggers, you know, if it's too hot, it's claustrophobic. Yeah, same. I don't like being you in constrained places. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your heartbeat is really fast. And sometimes I get it because if I'm working out too hard and my heartbeat is quite yeah. high, unfortunately, being asthmatic, I always have this fear of not being able to breathe, which is another yeah. aspect of yeah. this this issue of going into close spaces or a small lift uh, or something like that. Yeah. So when my heartbeat is too high and then I'm, you know, breathing hard to kind of get it back down, that kind of sometimes triggers it. But I found a hack for that. uh and 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 you can try it and tell me if it works and well it's not always going to be possible to have that around but if you take really cold water yeah at the time and just pour it on your head literally just pour it what that does is the cold forces your heart to kind of do a reset Stabilize, to, yeah. it, it actually really calms you down yeah. it just it 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 breaks the 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 panic attack uh, momentum so you can actually pretty much 99% get back to your senses and realize okay this is okay i'm not going to die uh you know it's feeling like i'm happy because the first time i got it i thought i'm having a heart attack and, and i was in my 20s and i was sitting in a serious meeting with my with my boss and some other people and this was we were at the grand hotel i still remember and i didn't know what's happening and I, it was so scary it yeah. is such a scary thing scary. to experience and i wish people would educate themselves more about it and and just the first time i saw mm-hmm. her i panicked Hmm. I was seven. I was supposed to help her, but I panicked because I didn't of understand course, what she's going of through. Course, kids, and yeah, you know, 17. it's equally it important. It started for me in school actually. Uh, mm. I was, I think, fifteen. I walked out of my exam. Oh I just, God. I couldn't. I, I didn't know what was happening to me. It was, I was, it was, I was, in a, anyways, not a good student. But um, for me to walk out of the exam because my thoughts became so crazy, I couldn't breathe. And when mm. I looked around, I, I, I just saw people like writing their exams, you know. And there's an invigilator sitting. And what do I say? So the only thing I knew was just I had to run out. I just ran out of the classroom and I missed I failed the exam but I didn't care that time. And of course, I, I of and I spent the entire day in the clinic. I refused to come out. And because I didn't know what was happening to my body. And then when I went to my family doctor and he said, "Oh, you had an anxiety attack." I'm, like, I'm really? glad that he diagnosed that. Yeah. I'm like I'm he's a family doctor and I don't know what to make out of this. He's like, "Are you been stressing about anything?" I was like, "Yes, my exams." Um, yeah. not really. <laughs> Life. No, but there's so much pressure. Yeah, about, in general, you know, it's always been. Yeah, uh, comparison. Yeah. There's pressure. You know, being twins, there's always a comparison. Who's better? You know, it's always been there for us, and mm. without realizing, we're always comparing us with the other. Yeah. And internally, that becomes an inner chat inside. Without knowing, it becomes your world. That talk inside is just that then. And this is what all these experiences led you to start. You know, reaching out and educating yourself, and then helping others through you to. You know, this is the first time. I mean, I I think I was aware of art therapy, but when I heard you, you know, say yeah. it uh, last week, it was it was amazing, and I really want to learn more about. So, if you can tell us about you know art therapy, and, and then you design uh, workshops yes. to help kids uh, who are going through uh, or with different learning abilities, and also ones who are suffering from perhaps eating disorders and and other mental disorders. So, how did you? How do you get to the point of design? Did you did you study about this? Did you learn um, about this? Um so I I've uh, I've attended some workshops and I've been uh it's always been my own creation of these various aspects that I wanted to make into a workshop. Right. Not one or per se I followed or copied something, but I've been working with psychotherapists over the years and I uh worked closely on uh, spiritual aspects that that healed me finally and um I work along those lines and I'm an artist so that helped me get into art therapy. Right. 
So what is art therapy? Well, art therapy is basically, it's not about creating the right art or the perfect art or that you're an artist. It's actually releasing because creativity is so big and it really is, that was, that was one of my biggest stress busters. Right. To create something, to release. If to I express was, yourself. Yes, really. to express. Yeah. We don't express ourselves. I think we all are creative. We yeah. have that creative side in us. We just don't know to t how to tap into it. I've always been a very creative child. Mm -hmm. I love styling. I love drawing. I love painting. I love singing. It was just, you know, all those things. All kids love that. Yeah. But somehow exactly. it's just not taken forward unless you're, Everybody you know, loses it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're supposed to be a boy. It's supposed to be the an athlete or something more manly or masculine I think and the uh, girls are supposed to do like in today's world everybody's like a blogger or a stylist oh, or a yes. designer so you're not really in touch with it's like going back to your childhood mm -hmm. and oh. I, I just tried it on me as well as a 28 year old I enjoyed art therapy I was like wow this is so much fun I, I should do it once a week I to give somebody people a tool that they can do it without me and it, it can them. be fun. Mm -hmm. It's not like meditation. I mean, it is meditative, the process. But it is something that it, it is can be fun. You can do it at home. You can do it with friends, family. You can have it, do it at dinner, lunch. So can you, like, how, how do I do it if I want to do it today after our chat? Okay, so there are ways that I do with people. Uh, one is when I blindfold people and I teach them guided. It's like a guided meditation. Right. But I teach them how to you just paint with their thoughts. When you're not uh, releasing so the thoughts. Are, my eyes are closed and I've got, uh, you've given me some uh, colors or yes. paint. Like Paints paint. and brushes, mm -hmm. water, and you have your own canvas or paper, whatever. And then I ask you to, actually urge you to express what you're feeling. So whether it could be, uh, it's following your body actually. Because we're always in the mind, the mind-body connect is not there. Right, right. They, yeah. they, they have to come connect. together, mm -hmm. the marriage has to come. We always, there's a, that's one of the reasons where we uh, we abandon the body so much. We're living in the head so much. Absolutely. And that's why we have physical ailments. Mm -hmm. Psychosomatic disorders. Yes, exactly. Are one of them. Yeah. And, but all the other ailments are definitely coming from the that's mind. That's why for even sure. grounding for that matter is using your body also. to. And uh, you also design, as you said, workshops for yes. kids with different learning abilities. And so what, what are those and how do you do it? So I, I've attended some workshops and I kind of went through ADHD. Right. And I, I keep learning. For me, I'll always be learning and I'll always be healing both. So ADHD is attention deficit yes. hyperactivity, hyperactivity disorder. disorder. I was not diagnosed properly right. for it. You know, in India, you know, don't talk about these things. Parents that don't know what it is. OCD and ADHD are, are not yeah. given so much importance. And I think every other person is OCD. I think ADHD is, is also like another form of anxiety. Absolutely, it is. Even yeah. OCD. Yes. So I OCD for sure. Yeah, OCD they both are the yeah. purest form of anxiety. Yeah. So I, I used to be really Sorry. hyper and um. Attention used to worry, but I think also attention comes with interest. Right. Not everything you uh, not everything you like, you are interested in, mm. or mm. you do. Sorry, are interested in or or her or me. For me, I was not interested in uh, maths or Hindi, so I just didn't pay my attention to. So a person is easily labeled ADHD also these days. Sure. But correct if they have not been given the correct diagnosis or the right environment, of course the kid is going to suffer through disorders or create, the body is going to act out, right? Or the mind. Sure. Sure. If, they, if they're caging the mind, the education system is so wrong in our country, they're asking us to be these societal animals. We're, we're meant to be free thinkers. We're supposed to evolve and learn from our own mistakes.
and a ch- child is supposed to be a child not a man or a woman and that's for sure i totally agree with what you're saying and we we're, we're heavily penalized for getting it wrong 3 to yeah. 5 is the age where your body reacts to the genetic environment that you're played into mm-hmm. and if that environment whether your home or your school is not right you will have adhd ocd or many other disorders that can lead to depression bipolarity schizophrenia anything autism also and stress most yes. of all stress yeah. which leads to all the killer diseases yeah. which we know of today yeah. which is cancer and and everything else that you can name is stress is a big uh, killer i mean i guess you know like uh, we cannot change our education system fully we're not responsible for it but i think mindfully as conscious people we can educate the right kind of crowd and young parents yeah because now i i see people caring slightly more towards uh, the mental health of a child also And you're it's doing that through your seminars, and you you guys are doing seminars yeah, and workshops in schools. Yeah, because I feel like schools. it's equally important for family members of the person who's suffering, or of a child who's not suffering yet, to kind of understand what these things are. Mm-hmm. To be educated, to be educated, educated enough to have the kind of right kind of therapy for them, or resources yes. to have to guide the person who's suffering. For me, I had to like when she was going through anorexia, I had to educate myself how to right, deal with sure. her. I couldn't wa- have my way with her because mm. it was it was a person suffering through any other physical disease, but in a mental form, and I had to tweak my ways of talking, dealing with her, and educating myself. A lot of time was wasted figuring out how to do it because in our country, I I also went to therapists in order to learn how to talk to her. Sure. And they gave me a chart. They gave me medi- they gave me medication. I was just going to ask you, did they put you on a uh, they gave me medication, medication as a joke? But they, gave, they gave, gave me antidepressants. They gave you antidepressants. They gave me antidepressants, saying, uh, "You must be going through so much because of your sister. I think you should have antidepressants. Get better, and then we'll talk about." Instead of educating me what anorexia is, I, I was uh, I became a. I think communication communication is very important yeah. between parents and kids, and like uh, between teachers and kids. You need to be really uh, mindfully uh, say things or teach things also. if you do not share what you're feeling right. or how you're feeling it's very important to voice yeah if you do not if you and but but kids don't know how to voice so they're given um art hmm. music to express sports for sure but in the end you have to be able to voice what you're feeling and that's so difficult there are schools in, in the world in now there are schools in the world now that they're creating a lot of kids can't speak up and say even a simple thing as what they want to eat there's a friendship bench in uh, one of the schools and i just recently learned that in england a boarding mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. but the friendship bench is actually where you invite a friend into the bench where you want to share a feeling or emotion with a friend wow so if you see people sitting on that bench in a school so p- people will know and they'll respect that those two kids are having a heart to heart and that's something i really love yeah it's a beautiful concept yes and the girl, the school i was recently invited to hope town school it's a girls school boarding school in dehradun they um every year have a psychology festival wow. and that initiative is so huge and the kind of questions those kids asked me when i shared my story and when i did art therapy i was amazed at because those girls are in touch with themselves they are I think it's school's a huge responsibility to advocate those feelings and to inspire them to talk about these things to normalize. I think to normalize these things is so huge. Yeah. With and people underrated. And it's not happening in any of the no, other schools because no, I'm not aware. It's happening in Dehradun which is in yeah. India. Bullying is so it's big in India. Yes. Yes. But I guess it it has a lot to do with how 
the school's teachers and the faculty thinks about dealing with their students. Mm -hmm. And growing up, we none of us had that. Yeah, we had a school therapist, uh, uh, but but it was like it was like she was as good as non-existent. Very honestly, I, I had the same feeling that my my the school janitor was superior to the school counselor because <laughs> I didn't know what the yeah. counselor's job was. He was just a scary I have to teacher. admit, we bribed our like, uh, school psychologist <laughs> into stealing our room, and in in, in return I sent bunk and sit there. And in return honestly. I sent my yoga teacher to our house. Wow, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that worked. We were smart. Terrible tools. Literally, hundred yeah, percent. It worked very happily for her, beautifully for yeah, us. Yeah, but but that was not her job, right? And, no, and and. And, and we would make up stories. Sadly, we I have been reported. Would, we would make up stories <laughs> that our family is treating us like shit, so she would give us time. We've done those terrible things yeah. also. Uh, we're wow. not proud of them, but you see uh, what a child has to do to survive. Oh, it's a tough world. That's what I mean. It's a tough world when we were growing up, and uh, I'm, I think, much older than you, but we'll keep that bit a secret. Uh, <laughs> and it's even tougher now because yeah. you have you have the pressures of social media and smartphones and devices in the hands of toddlers yes. and they learn to get addicted to them and they learn all these things in fact you don't even need to be anxious these devices will make you make anxious, anxious. they alienating uh, you first of all you know we we didn't yeah. get anxious because of social media i guess you guys got it at a later date but when you were 14 i'm sure you didn't have instagram in your no. the palm of your hand and i had uh, i had human connection with my sister with my family with my friends i would sit and spend with nature, time with them you know, as opposed we grew to up on the farm being on we, my phone but I think also like schools really need to imbibe that, yeah. Um, like sex education is oh, kind of, yes. yeah. if you can have a sex ed, why can't you have like a mental disorders kind of a forum or like mm -hmm. education Or too? have meditation as a subject, why not? What are you going to do with Hindi after one point? Tell me. Or Sanskrit. Are you going to become a scholar? No. I don't understand. Because because these, I think things are, these things are looked down really upon. really looked into. Where, where, where. As a society. Yes, the kid may oppose. Uh, after for after two meditation sessions, but in the end they will realize what they're doing. It's just and you know another problem is that when you go and tell somebody you're going to a therapist, automatically oh, they think you're mad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. So, so are God. you mad? Mm. <laughs> are you okay? But you look fine. Are you going to a psychiatrist? I'm like first it's not a psychiatrist, and excuse me, they're two different things. A therapist is somebody you talk to. Yeah. Or a counselor, a counselor. You, to, yes, you talk counselor. to, you just share. So it's so uh, you're talking to a random person. You can't talk to me. So you get those kind of questions, and it's it's, it's kind really of baffling. bizarre, you know. And when then they start talking about how something's wrong with that girl, or exactly. there's something wrong with that guy. You yeah. know, he goes to a psychologist. Or yeah. He goes to. Uh, he's mad. Yeah, I find it part amusing now. Yes, yeah, you have to have humor in your recovery. For me, for at sure. least, like uh, I wrote many songs on it. I wrote uh, articles on it. I wrote, I wow. painted my uh, uh, illness out. So you have to have that humor in recovery. It's so no, important. So you guys have been extremely uh, brave about this whole subject and how you've turned your life around. How it took you, a long time. How you I gave mean. up uh, a, a flourishing career in one aspect and then wanted to and you changed it to something that was much more meaningful for both I think of I still suffer through the consequences of what my, I put my body through so I request everybody to be mindful of what they do to themselves and mentally emotionally physically I still suffer and I still have bad days because of my health and had somebody been I don't know, I had, I had that knowledge or uh, that uh, awareness at that age I wouldn't have been here but no regrets but all i can do is tell the others what to do no uh you were saying and and, and in 
you know, in the same spirit of what you're saying, and because I would love to talk to you guys forever, and you know that yeah. you guys can keep talking forever, <laughs> but being mindful of of time, time. and yeah. we t- we touched upon you know certain eras, and I want both of you to give just one piece of advice that you can give. That what can I do today in let's say uh, for social media, eating disorders, anxiety, and okay, let's just start with social media, yeah. and then I'll come to the next one, and I just want you guys to tell me one thing from your experience that. Uh, is your advice to young people listening? Uh, let's say social media. Like, what can, what should they do or what should they not do? Um, In order to like avoid that. Yeah, kind I mean, of, just to uh, not let it like the, the issue you. of so- social media. I right? would say firstly, don't follow something that is not real. Don't. It's an illusion. Social media is an illusion. It's an addiction. It's it's something that could be there tomorrow. Or it's everything is impermanent, anyways. So I think be very mindful about uh, the kind of content. If you, I'm not saying get off social media, but there's some mindful content you can follow. Mm-hmm. Also put out. Also mindful content that you put out. Are you putting that for uh, gratification? Are you putting attention. that out for uh, attention? Are you putting that out for just because you liked something and you want to put it out there and share with your friends or something? I guess so. And also recognizing how much time you're spending on it. I think, it's, it's that, I think that's very I think important. Because how much yeah. time you're like, spending on it. It's like you and I decide mm. to meet for lunch. Mm. And uh, I, I, I have no interest in what you're saying. Yeah. So I would spend three hours of my coffee or lunch on my phone rather than and, and kind of a half-heartedly listening to what you're saying and responding to you in ahs and oohs and yes. People do that all the time and I find it so yeah. I find it rude. It I find is it rude. so rude. It, it is, is rude. But it's also a twitch I've realized. It is. Also, you know, sometimes it's anxiety. I find myself it's, it's anxiety. It's anxiety. So I, don't I even know it and I know it. <laughs> reaching out for my phone for no reason. I say, I just check it. Why am I picking? It's, it's like it's muscle memory, you know. It it's is. just going and picking it up and it's putting it on. Unless you need it. But 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 really, but, 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 but it's you know, but it's me, means. it's you, it's uh, my parents, it's everyone. Yeah. And they've kind of re- rediscovered something that they could rely on without having to talk to people. Without you know? having needing any yeah. kind any, of needing anyone kind. around you. It's become like a social a kind of social alienation. I think also taking responsibility for what you like you said, putting out. You have to own up to that. Yeah. People don't. So social media you're saying be real, um, see how much it's time you're spending on it. Yeah. And be mindful of the time you're spending on it. Yeah. Uh, next is eating disorders. Specifically, I'm asking because it's something yeah. that you have, uh, you know, experienced. I mean, what should one do? One thing, just one thing. I think first figure out who you are. It takes courage to be who you are. Because not everybody has that um, awareness or that ability to find who they are. And to not be in denial, I think. Because that's something that can drag you, something which will take you long, really long to recover or never recover. A lot of people in, with eating t- disorders are heavily in denial. Right. Or they never recover and they possibly die from it. Yeah, that's, yes. of course, that's the scariest outcome. It is. Yes. And it's but, uh, 70% out of, 70% people don't make it out of eating disorders. The reason I said be who you are is wow. because um, yeah. people are scared to be, like, I was not scared to be an anorexic. I was out and about. I, I was sad. Right. And I wanted the world to see it. If I had anxiety, it's okay. You know, I didn't make a big deal about it. I accepted, I embraced my my um, uh, deformities or whatever you want to call it with, uh, you know, with a good, a, good, a good stride. And not everybody has that. Yeah, most people don't do that. They don't, because they don't know who they are. 
so being self-aware and yes. doing things to be self-aware yeah. is extremely I think important. discovering who you it, are yeah. discovering who you are is a very big step in this because otherwise people are just playing roles of a mother of a daughter I mean, in that society can be, but th- that can be difficult when you're really young hmm. say you're 13 and 14 and you have an eating disorder it can be, be very difficult to discover yourself but also to be able to reach out to help for help right i think that's very important it should not be something shameful that oh i i went and threw up today mm. oh i am not eating for 6 7 days it should be okay for a child you know or a person one second sorry to go and ask for help from the family or and and the future doctor or therapist or something i feel that comes from knowing who you are some where yes. a kid don't know who they are at 13 i think i can i think know. i still don't know who i am at exactly. 30, 34 but okay almost almost i'm not saying, i'm not saying that really yes, like sense that they will find yeah. out who you are in that sense but just being aware of the fact that you have it uh uh these thoughts of anorexia of all these obsessiveness mm. it can be really uh take you to places i think that is one of really big stuff so similarly in this this the solution of being you know self aware is going to play into anxiety and depression as well if you're self aware you know is that, is that that's what you recommend i, I assume because you, that's what you said for eating disorders yeah. so you you'll probably it's it's just kind of flowing into anxiety and depression and this is all connected what comes first you know it's yeah, chicken yeah. and egg yeah, it's yeah, impossible yeah. to say so being self aware is, is that what you recommend even for uh, anxiety and depression 100% Yeah. yeah, kind of recognizing that you're going through something, I think. Because people don't even recognize that yeah. or are not aware of that. Or or they think they're too scared. Mm. I think we all live in kind of uh, that doomed sense of fear mm. that, oh, there's something wrong with us. Mm. And something uh, which is not easily talked about. So, am I mad? We judge ourselves the most, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So, when you, like, when you have the voices in your head, you think you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. and it happens a lot of times people who have anxiety you you sitting in a social uh, setting mm. of say 10 15 20 whatever people you chatting but you're not there yeah because you're in your head mm. Mm. that's when you kind of have to kind of differentiate that either be cells like click yourself out of it or you have to recognize there is something different not wrong but they're different with you which needs uh, kind of an intervention and sharing And, and this, I, I guess, this comes with like exercise. This is an exercise. It's a practice. You have to build your self awareness. Yes, you have to practice yes, yes, it every yes. day, and that's when it it's, gets it's stronger. It's food for thought, no? It's food for thought, and yes. it gets stronger as you continue to exercise. And then it becomes it. like muscle memory. It becomes like muscle memory. You know, I read memory, somewhere. I don't know where where it was. I think it said that you should make your mind your best friend rather than your worst enemy, mm, mm. and that stuck to me because uh, every time. uh b- before anybody shaming me i i think i i sh- uh, i shamed myself more mm. and that's when i realized if i all my confidence would be lost there if i talk to myself the way i would talk to somebody in pain say my sister or family member or a friend of mine who's suffering i will give them love mm. i will nurture them i will reach out to them in a nice way and and, and talk to them nicely I should do the same with myself. That is self-love and that is not being selfish. People confuse it for being selfish but as actually you giving if you can give yourself the love first then only you can give to others. Okay, so on that beautiful note, I'm going to close our discussion, but right, right. I know tons of people are going to get in going to get in touch with you, going to want to 
uh, follow you. So are you, how does one get in touch with you? Do you guys have a website or is there a social media? Uh, yeah, we have you? our Instagram, we have our uh, website and... Uh, it's called T Touch and B. Touch and B. So at Touch at and Touch B. B. Uh, is it, so T-O-U-C-H-A-N-D-B-E. -E. Yeah. And is th that way they can go and send you a message, get exactly. in touch. Uh, maybe someone wants to do art therapy. So I'm creating a personal uh, Instagram page for that. I've been um, like trying to stay away from social media. But at the same time, I think it is important. To, I have to keep up with the times. And... Um, I'm gonna. I'm thinking of creating a mindful page on art therapy and therapy, both. Okay, fantastic. So, guys, that was uh, Zina and Zoya, and getting into their heads and <laughs> listening to the voices in their noises. heads was. I think Yamir got noises, into it. Noises, noises in my head. I think Yamir got into it. Yeah, listening to the voices in their head, but they they like to believe their noises. But listening to the voices in Zina and Zoya's head. Uh, have been fascinating for me and I have learned every time I meet them I, I get an education I learn something and I uh, you know, become a smarter person I'd like to believe and I have ways to improve my life so I hope uh, you experience something similar by listening to Zena and Zoya and thank you for tuning in to Voices in My Head you can get in touch with us with these details and uh, we'll catch you next time Thank you, Yamir. Thank you, Thank you for having, having us. us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Voices in My Head is created and hosted by Yamir Adhar. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. We disclaim responsibility for any adverse effects that may arise from any information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.